0: Hi, this is Renee Fleming, and you're listening to the CBH podcast. Yes, 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 yes. Good morning, January 27th, 2022, and I'm coming to you from Paris. So on Tuesday. Uh, had um two orchestra sessions. Now that's a lot of orchestra. That's a lot of orchestra time. Uh they ended up canceling the Figaro performance that evening um because there were there were too many people in the orchestra out uh with COVID. And so that got canceled. And we needed we needed them in our rehearsal there was some kind of it seemed to be a, a number of people problem. Anyway, we got our two orchestra rehearsals in. Now, (laughs) uh, it would be lovely if everybody was there. Now we knew Zerlina wasn't going to be there; she tested positive, so Zerlina's out. We got a Zerlina off to the side. She's on score because we're doing the Vienna version. Super smart during COVID time to do some strange version. Uh, Anyway, so she's off to the side. It's going well. She's fine, you know. And we have somebody. One of the ads are walking, walking the show. It's going good. Um. uh, and so we hear that morning that Leporello is out. He's—it's uh, not that he has COVID, but he's got a terrible stomach bug, from what we've understood. Um, and so he's not going to be there. So now we're d- we're down uh, a director, a Terlina, and a Leporello for six hours of orchestra rehearsal. Okay. Uh, move past the morning—you know—halfway through the morning session. The Elvira has to run for a family emergency. Now that's, you know, nothing nothing uh, serious, but just had to be dealt with uh, quickly. And um, and so there we are. <laughs> and I'm just standing there <laughs> with uh, Don Ottavio on stage. We almost don't, we we sing effectively nothing together. And the two of us are standing there. And I said, so what is happening? <laughs> and so we get to the first... Um, <laughs> uh the commendatores uh entrance uh and all of a sudden this guy's nowhere <laughs> he's nowhere to be found either he's missed his cue to hit the stage and it's just me out there now it's just it's literally just me and a and a, a, a music staff singing parts into microphones <laughs> i said fuck it i'll do it all myself me, Mazetto, and Don Ottavio—we're gonna—we're gonna handle this show. <laughs> oh, this is the COVID time. Um, it is just no time to be precious. We're just, <laughs> we're just trying to get to our gig. Oh man, uh, you know, it's it's running rampant, and nobody's suffering. You know, it's not it's it's not a bad flu. It's for everybody who's got their shots. This has been a cold. Everybody's describing a cold to me so far, and and um, you know they're just sort of waiting to test negative. They're not in a bad way at all, uh, but uh, it's running rampant. It's going through. I feel like it must be going through these masks because we've been religious about wearing them. Uh, I remain unscathed. I'll be tested again today. Who knows? God knows how many tests this is. This is for me now. I have my my brain swabbed so many times. Um, I, I, uh, who knows? It's, it's gotta be nearly a hundred. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. When you think about the, the amount of money made on these tests, I would imagine the people who make the tests hope this goes on forever. Uh, this is a, this is a shocking, shocking thing. And the, and the money into these surgical masks. Oh my God. Whoever whoever is making masks and tests definitely wants this to just go on and on and on and on and on. I feel like the next variant is going to be like a sniffle and a sneeze. Like that's all you get. You sniff once and you sneeze and you still have to go home for seven days. The variant after that is going to be a hangnail. <laughs> oh, look, he's got a hangnail. Fuck, it's... it's uh, it's uh, a variant zeta <laughs> gotta go home for seven days <laughs> can I just put a band- aid on it go home take a test take 19 tests <laughs> I couldn't believe it I just felt like the show was falling apart before my eyes and and uh, you're like wow okay so I you know I go all the way through seven hours of of uh, rehearsal the maestro's still standing you know' we're, we're, we're doing it we did the finale um the second act finale twice you know to get the the offstage chorus balance right and stuff. it's strange without Leporello. I found that I was oversinging just trying to just trying to uh, make some noise and probably sang myself uh tired. Yeah. So I took yesterday off. Uh, today I'll go in and uh just sing through resets so I, I requested that just to keep it all fresh, and to do something and to be around people cuz r- yesterday I did nothing. In the, um, in the piano dress on Monday, I get there. And so what, from what I've understood in this show, um, there is a uh, not a live gun, but a live uh, starter pistol. Not a starter pistol. It's got a charge in it, but it's a blank. Okay, And so I had never worked with it at all. And on Monday, this was going to be the day I use it. And so the, the props guy comes over to me and he says, this is a real gun. And I said, well, I think you're having a lang- <laughs> there's a language barrier here. Don't say real gun. Just just say it's a gun with a charge in it. You know, it's not, this won't kill somebody. And he goes, oh, no, 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 it's a real gun, but we just put the charge in it. I said, so so this gun could be used, could have a projectile come out of it. He goes, oh, yeah, it's a real gun. So all that, I mean, in my head, I'm just like, did we not all learn from Alec Baldwin, you know, a couple months back? Is this not still fresh in everybody's head? Maybe we don't need real guns on stage. He says, "Don't worry, they're all they're all blanks. It's just going to hit a flash and make a make a noise." And so he opens the chamber and he shows me that there's six in there and he's showing me that these are blanks and that's that's all that's in there. He wanted to show me that that, that it was only blank blanks in the chambers and I said, "Okay, I don't I don't know the <laughs> I don't know the difference between a blank and a real bullet. It looks like you just put bullets in a gun. If I was if I was just off to the side and I was watching you do this, it looked like you just loaded a gun and handed it to me. He's like, "Don't worry, these are <laughs> these are charges." I said, "Well, can we practice off stage before I go point this at a singer?" No, 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 it's going to be fine. You just pull back the trigger. <laughs> he talks me right out of it. He says, "You just pull back the trigger, it's double action, so you know, you you squeeze the trigger and the hammer's going to go back." Snap! You know, uh, hit the bullet and and uh, you'll you'll get the you get the blank fire. Uh, I said, "Great, okay." <laughs> does the does anybody else on stage know that we're going to do this? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll tell them. Nobody told anybody. So I got to the I got to the commendator. I love this guy, and I said, "Look, it's a real gun today." He says, "Oh, this will be my last today." <laughs> he says, he says point it to the left, Alec Baldwin. <laughs> and so, yeah, so, you know, I didn't point this directly at him, but you just sort of like down and to the left. So probably, uh, probably I would have hit the timpani player. Uh, you know, if there was a, if there was a charge in there, which is better than a bass singer, in my opinion, <laughs> where are those French horns, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't that big a deal, but I definitely had these these uh, visions in my head of um, suddenly being Alec Baldwin and accidentally killing somebody. I said, "Well, let's not do it during a rehearsal. If we're gonna do it, let's do it during a show. You know, if we're gonna get famous, let's get real famous." <laughs> oh man, uh, I I um, jumped into my usual um, Super Bowl pool this year. I don't watch American football at all. But I've been a part of a Super Bowl pool for almost thirty years. And uh, you know, I've lost every year up until last year, where I was like the big jackpot winner. Which just means I'm now even after thirty years. But anyway I don't even watch the games. I, I haven't watched a Super Bowl in a decade. I have no idea. I've no idea who's in it. I have no idea who's winning, but um I'm I you all know I don't do Facebook, so I cannot get into that, but I have had a little taste of American football via Instagram and people's stories and things, and and um, I'm, I'm often, it, it's, it's so hard for me to relate to it, and I grew up with sports. My dad liked football. I watched baseball. I watched basketball. I liked sports, but, but it seemed like once I turned 15, um, a lot of that just went away, I still like to go to a baseball game. I still go. I, I I like to go to a baseball game, but the outcome of a sporting event, the outcome of a sporting event, I, I an exciting game is fun. A close game is fun. I like that. Uh, it, that that can be exhilarating. But ten seconds after it over, after it's over, I don't care. There's there's no part of me that is affected by the outcome of a sporting event. None. None. There's exhilaration in the moment of watching a close game or watching a big play or watching somebody, you know, do something incredible in the last second. You know, that that stuff is very, very exciting. But 10 seconds later, that feeling is gone. I have no more um, um, connection to it. And to watch the devastation in some of my friends' lives when a football game doesn't go their way. Or the opposite where where their team does win and they're walking around as if they had their hands on the football at some point it's it, 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 it doesn't it it defies logic to me it defies logic um, there's people using the royal we in in talking about their football teams I mean, you understand this like like um, they'll say, well uh, we played great on Sunday. And I go, "You didn't play shit on Sunday. <laughs> what do you mean? We? This royal we as if you had anything to do with it? I mean, shouting at your television for four hours doesn't that did not help or hurt the team. It just helped advertisers make you look at beer commercials. but um, using this royal we, there's like some kind of odd psychology in all of this where if your team wins you win and that if your team wins you can have pride the next day and you can proudly wear the jersey of the correct team the team that won and this is this is really just mind boggling to me and and uh, and and the the reverse is also very true where if the team that they're watching is not doing it correctly um th- there's utter and total abandonment of of uh, of loyalty, just you know, wh- what are we doing? Who is this guy? You know, uh, fuck him. You know, this guy's been ruining us all year long. You know, there's this like complete and total uh disconnect, and, and that royal we sometimes disappears, and in, in the losing, it's not really the we anymore. And I've been around. I've been around. Um, you know, plenty of people. I've got. I've got plenty of uh, people in my life who who just. Um, Partake in this, 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 um, this team aspect. This is my team, and uh, I don't, I don't always quite understand it, especially in professional sports, where you're just effectively watching your group of millionaires play another group of millionaires, none of which are from the city that you're cheering for. You know, if you grew up in New York and you're a New York Yankees fan, pretty much I can tell you right now, without looking. None of the people on that roster are from New York, and if they are from New York, they probably not from the Bronx. And 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 so to like support an organization is very strange. I don't. I just don't understand it. Maybe I just grew up with a bunch of losing teams, and so I don't understand the fever of it. But I mean, there was there were championships around me. You know, there were the, the the Islanders and the Mets and. You know those my those were my teams, I guess, because I I grew up in in a place, and you're you're you end up liking the team your father liked, right? That's that's how this works, and and so your dad's watching a game, so that's your team. And the idea that a that a football game could have, and I like to watch it. I liked I, I I can watch the plays. I like I enjoy the athleticism. I enjoy watching um, people, amazing people do amazing things. I'll always enjoy that but the idea that the outcome of a football game whether it was won or lost could affect my mood past 10 seconds just it completely baffles me uh, it's not something i'm i'm ever going to be into i don't i don't quite get it i don't quite get it and i don't i'm trying to understand it what is this tribalism that people need to feel they need to be a part of something so badly they need to they need to be right and i think that's what it comes down to i think People need to be right. And I was talking about this with my buddy yesterday. And I won't get into all that. But it was... it was <laughs> Human beings need to be right. And I think the sporting uh, phenomena is part of it. Like, look, I picked the winning team. I was right. Look, you know, Ford sells more F-150s than Chevy sells whatever their truck is called i picked the right one see they sold more i picked the right one so i'm right and if that if ford is winning then i'm winning and if the if the tampa bay devil rays are winning then i'm winning somehow this these these things correlate to your life and um, i can't help i just can't help but to think it's like a lower a lower form of thinking. Um, this this need to be a part of something, this need to be tribalistic. And I don't think, I think it's in every aspect of our lives, least of which is politics. And people need their team to be right. Look, I'm on the right side of history. Look, I was never racist. Look, you know, this this whole idea of of um, my political party is the correct one. And to make it even further and piss more people off, religion. And that's no, thats it's just in the same vein. This is my group. I picked the right group. Oh, only this religion is the true religion, right? We're the ones who got it right. I mean, it just so happens that it was the religion that I grew up with and that was in my backyard, but you know, this is this is my group. I picked correctly. I'm right, and it's every religious group does this. Every last one, they all think that they're correct. You from the from the Catholics to the Baptists to the Jews to the Muslims to the Mormons. It's all we chose. Correct. We have the right group. Everyone else is bullshit. And this sort of thinking, I, when, I, when I start to hear this, when I start to sense this in a person, my opinion of their brain capacity plummets <laughs> that these, that these, these instances, these, these random happenstances of their birth, you know, I, I, I was born here, so this is my favorite sports team. I went to this church, so that's the only correct religion. Um, you know, Democrats dominate this county, and so on. There again, once again, I'm correct. I'm right. The Buffalo Bills are the champions, and so I'm a winner. Um, I, I, I I'm sure smarter people than me have analyzed this and studied it and tried to figure it out, but um, it, it's absolutely fascinating to me. Absolutely fascinating to me. Humans need to be correct. And they need to win. And by winning, they chose correctly. They chose the correct team. They chose the right religion. But really, they didn't choose anything. It was all pre-chosen. And most people are doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. These people over here are supposed to be anti vax and they are. And these people over here are supposed to be super woke, and they are and and nobody's really thinking independently they're just doing exactly what they were supposed to do boy that's a lot of shit who cares <laughs> there's a lot of sheep and maybe it's my job to just point at both and be like you're you're both ridiculous <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe i'm being right in my in my ability to say this is all wrong <laughs> I don't want any teams. I don't want to have loyalties to that kind of ridiculous stuff. I'm not interested. I don't want it. I don't know what I want, but I definitely don't want that. Um, General on Saturday. Opening on Tuesday. We'll see how many performers we have on stage or in the pit. Who knows? Or in the audience. I have no idea. No idea what to look for here. I love you for listening. Thursday, January 27th of the CVH podcast, episode 130-something. Goddamn. Uh, everybody, have a great weekend, and we'll see you on Monday. All right, thanks. Bye. Measuring the day, I only find it to gray How's it bring me pain? Don't you read, don't read Living reflection from a dream I was for love She still remembers times like these To think of us again